0: Hey, cis! From coast to coast, we're bridging the gap between the cisgender and transgender community, creating meaningful dialogue and space to learn and grow.
1: Join us as we connect with our community, break down tough conversations, and get comfortable being better humans.
2: I saw that um, the DSU had posted the video, and I was like, oh, sweet, like, happy that video that i did is going live and i was like excited that the event was happening and um i was just like oh cool like awesome that's great and then i just kind of put my phone away for the day and then came back later to see everything happen (laughs) welcome to
0: hey sis so a few weeks back dalhousie university here in halifax hosted a pronoun workshop facilitated by members of the local queer community However, during the event promotions, Halifax Noise, a locally run Instagram account with 164,000 followers focused on sharing what's up and coming in the Halifax area, reshared one of their promotional posts, and well, chaos ensued. The post features today's guest, X, a local drag performer sharing their pronouns and instructing interested folks to go and sign up to the free event. However, hateful messages directed towards X streamed into the comments section and made an impact. After looking into the comments, Sin and I wondered, What fuels this fire do those who are inclined to aggressively share hate behave this way in their everyday interactions with people are they your friends or family and how can people use social media channels to combat trolls and angry commenters.
1: X, who uses they, them pronouns, is a visual artist who uses drag as their medium. Working primarily as a performer and show producer within the nightlife scene in Halifax, Nova Scotia, X uses their platform to explore gender, fashion, performance, and persona. X, however, not only uses their platform to express their artistic visions, but to also be an advocate and activist for non-binary visibility and queer exploration through drag focusing on sharing their story in hopes to inspire confidence and freedom in whoever may be watching. Welcome to the show, X.
2: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
1: You're welcome. Let's just kick it off right away. And uh, we love to uh, hear from our guests on where do you call home and where are you from?
2: Yeah, I am in Halifax, Nova Scotia now. I've uh, been here for almost 10 years now, but I grew up in a small town, New Brunswick.
1: Okay, which which small town in particular?
2: Centerville, which is like the Florenceville-Bristol area, potato uh, country, as I call it.
1: I love potato country. Actually, I have some potato origins in my past. Oh yeah, a, part of a potato farm. So <laughs> that's great. So um, I've. Well, let's just start with the first kind of question, diving into the topic today. When you were first invited to appear in your drag persona and make a promotional video to help support the University Student Union, um, their upcoming pronoun workshop, did you have any apprehension about being a part of it?
2: Uh, Not really. I was originally booked for a live show that the DSU was um, promoting as part of their Winterfest. And unfortunately, due to COVID, that was cancelled. So they presented this opportunity of doing um, short promotional videos for the various workshops. So I said, sure, why not? Like, this is great. Sure. Work is great now, especially with very few entertainment things happening. So I was like, sure, like, I'd love to do it. And they just so happened to have a pronoun workshop one. So I said, if I could possibly do that one as a uh, non-binary person, I would love that. So um, yeah, they pitched it to me and I
0: jumped on board. When I saw, I first saw the, um, the promotion from the DSU and I was like, oh my goodness, this is like so cool. Like we need more stuff like this within the community especially by drag performers because so often, you know folks like yourself are only performing in the nightlife stage, it's really nice to see you kind of in the day-to-day advocacy work. So I I personally really enjoyed that as a trans non-binary person myself too. Um, But uh, so yeah, so the promotion went live on Instagram initially by the DSU, and then it was shared by Halifax Noise. And kind of what were your first thoughts when you saw that happen? Did you think what was going to unfold? was going to unfold? Or were you like, this is really good that more people are going to see this and hopefully support it?
2: Uh, Yeah. So when it went um, live and the DSU posted their version um, at the time when everything was going on, I was actually in New Brunswick um, spending time with family due to uh, a recent family member who passed. So I wasn't really on social media the day when everything happened, which may have been a little bit of a blessing, but I saw that um, the DSU had posted the video and I was like, oh sweet, like happy that the video that I did is going live. And I was like excited that the event was happening. And um, I was just like, oh cool, like awesome, that's great. And then I just kind of put my phone away for the day and then came back later to see everything happen.
1: And was it friends that had contacted you to say uh, there's something blowing up online? Or did you actually go and see it yourself? Or how did it? Uh...
2: Yeah, I had gotten a notification that Halifax noise had reposted the video because I think they had tagged me or something along the lines. But I saw that I got the notification that they had reposted it. And I was like, Oh, like, that's awesome. Like they have a really big following. Um, I was like, that's great. Like, especially for this type of event. I was like, Oh, awesome. Sweet. Like, that's cool. And then again, I was like, awesome, sweet. And then put my phone down again and didn't really think twice about it. Yeah. That was One of the nice things that I was off of my phone. So when I went to go in, I was like, okay, I'm actually going to like respond to some of these and just like have fun with it. Like mm-hmm. people had already jumped in and had like gone at like knock on app, but like had made comments. So I was like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to defend myself because the wonderful community at large have already had my back and done that.
0: Yeah. And I forgot to mention too. So when I first saw it, I only saw like the initial comments and it was, it was like, um, oh, Oh, what was it? It was like, this is amazing, but oh my goodness, let's wait for all like the transphobes and stuff to come out of the woodwork and like those comments. I never saw any of the hateful comments. And then Stan messaged me and was like, Oh, I'm gonna like let's let's meet with X. Like this just happened. Like this is something really, really important for us to talk about. And I was like, What? Like what did I what did I miss? And then I like went back, I was like, oh 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 yeah like roll a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah but by the time I saw it it was like it was it was sitting for probably about 24 hours so like Mm -hmm. most of the folks were in there being like get out of here like going after people so Mm -hmm. that was nice for to see that that side of it at least But um,
1: yeah well and Connor had come in and they were really like bothered by it they were really upset and when they told me like I just couldn't it just didn't sit well. Like I was up, I was thinking about it at night and then the next day and I'm like, it's so hard to go in and there's no point in tackling things sometimes on those threads because the haters have a lot of energy and they will just keep going. But so then I just thought, Oh, I wonder if, you know, let's, let's do something positive. Let's turn this into a positive. Let's get you on the podcast and, and you can have your say and we can do this in an uninterrupted, you know? Yeah conversation so I'm so glad the beauty
0: of podcasts is it's usually not comments unless we share it on social so
2: exactly (laughs) (laughs) so people can take and take things out of context as they all they like yeah Mm -hmm. like in the in the end I'm grateful that it happened because I'm just like that's cool it's getting out to more people like I was happy about that and happy that I wasn't really paying much attention and yeah glad that it happened to me because I was just like I I I'm so like as much as I use social media I'm so like anti-social media I'm just like okay that I was just kind of like okay pop off like mm-hmm. do what you got to do say what you want to say and there's only one comment that I actually commented under because I was just like oh, I just want to and someone commented it was like what am I even looking at and I commented an icon
0: oh I saw that (laughs) I I was like
2: I was like I "I don't care like yes
1: yeah I was like
2: whatever like (laughs) I was like, uh, not bothered, Uh, not pressed.
1: Yeah, it's usually such a positive thing, right? When they share, Um, just for people, we'll put a link maybe just to show the video if it's still online, but if it's not, um, X, do you want to just describe like how, like the video was fairly short, wasn't it? And I know like you were dressed up and looked fantastic, like fabulous, your hair and your glitter and all of that. But do you want to just kind of take us through quickly like what you said in the video, if you you know, paraphrasing?
2: Yeah. Um, I basically was, um, intro the video being like, pronouns aren't just preferred. They're mandatory. Mine are they, them. What are yours? And then I went in and said, this is the event that's happening. This is the date and time that it's happening at. And this is where you can find more information.
0: Yeah. So something short and sweet. and Yeah. It was uh, like a as 50 we... second video. Yeah. So I was yeah. Like, cool. And, uh, as we all kind of know, sometimes people like to take, uh, take something that, as we said, Short and sweet and nice and, in my opinion, very well articulated and very important. And they like to kind of spin it out of context.
1: (laughs) Fighting words. They they just
0: (laughs) pronouns are mandatory. You know. Um, So in your in your video to to my exact point, uh, you you share that pronouns are mandatory and why in your own personal opinion do you do you think that this statement in particular
2: um provoked such an intense reaction from the community um I think it's because people don't like being told what they have to do especially for folks who aren't a part of the queer community who don't associate with the queer community at all for someone to be like these are things that you have to do and then be like but I don't even think about your community. So why are you telling me what I can and can't do or how I can and can't address you?
1: Yeah, it, it it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, like that kind of being told what to do and then the idea of language can be so uncomfortable, but actually these workshops, you know, you're doing people a great favor. What maybe wasn't in the undercurrent of the communication was they're mandatory if you want to be, you know, excel at what you do in your life, whether it's everyday community interaction, whether it's your job, whether it's um, interacting with with new people or in school, Um, you're going to be a better person if you know this information, if you have it, because it's part of the human rights code.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, too, is that pronouns are mandatory because you can't have a conversation without pronouns. Like, you can't reference anybody, names are technically pronouns, anything that denotes a person, place, or thing is a pronoun. So, so many people, and I don't want to particularly pin it on, you know, conservative people, but that's typically where that idea comes from, that pronouns aren't mandatory, um, have this idea that pronouns are just like he, she, he, him, they, them, zeer, them, things like that. Um, and they don't understand the actual definition. So it, I, I find it kind of funny when people have that argument that, uh, pronouns aren't mandatory because I'm, I'm like, good luck having a conversation and <laughs> with people. Exactly.
2: Like yeah. they are just a part of our society. They just aren't in the framework that they think that they are. Absolutely. So people are like, oh no, they know. Yeah.
1: And it's interesting because um, I think it was it was back in the late 70s that when we talk about language being uncomfortable and the shift and the evolution of language, which it it has always been evolving and changing and but pronouns have always been here, gender neutral ones, especially. But the idea of um, replacing or giving an alternative to Miss and Misses, they introduced Ms. And there was huge uproar. Everyone said, absolutely, no way. We're not going to do it. That'll never catch on. And Now, you know, I think there's majority of the population would never know that it never existed in the first place, that it was a new evolutionary piece of piece of language. But do you feel like Halifax noise maybe should have done more to monitor the hateful comments or um, did you find like, I don't know whether the algorithm algorithm bumped up the hateful comments or whether um, maybe they helped to remove anything that was like overtly transphobic. Um, What kind of reaction did you see?
2: Yeah, I luckily I saw a lot of um, very positive supportive comments first because those are people tagging me and then my friends, coworkers and stuff. So I those are the first that I saw and I was like, oh, that's like so sweet and nice to see that like there's such a great community um, behind me in this video. And then I kept scrolling and I saw everything else. And to me personally, I thought it was comical that people were taking the time out of their day to yell at someone online that they don't even know about these things. So I was just like, okay, like, whatever. And in terms of Halifax's noise, participation in moderating, I think from what I saw is they kind of just let things go, like, as they were, and didn't really address anything, which I, 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 understand as someone coming on the outside looking in, just being like, oh, I'm helping by just promoting. But the thing with people who are outside of a community speaking for another community or promoting something for another community, they think that as long as they repost or as long as they put something up, they've done their due diligence, they've done their job, then they can say, okay, I've done what I needed to do. But the fact of the matter is is that they are then creating a space for these discussions to happen and if they aren't actively acknowledging the types of conversations and types of comments that are happening they aren't really being helpful because if it's if they were all hate comments and they weren't doing anything about them then they aren't creating a space to be like hey this is not okay this is not all right we need to kind of like treat everyone with respect. They just kind of said, okay, here's the repost. We're just gonna kind of let it be. But when things, when comments like that are happening, it's very important for pages like Halifax Noise to step in and say, hey, if you have a difference of opinion, you are entitled to have that opinion, but do not spread hate, do not spread negativity on other people. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I did see some comments that apparently Halifax Noise was deleting some comments, but they were response comments to the more transphobic comments. So they were deleting comments. Apparently, I don't know if this is true. I, again, wasn't really watching out in the comment section that much, but they were deleting comments of people responding to transphobic comments, but then not deleting the original comments to begin with. Which, if that is the case, then I'm like, that's, as an ally who who is trying to make good, that's not doing anybody any good because it's causing more harm. It's deleting the people who are trying to stand up for their community, stand up for people who are involved, when in reality, like, they're just letting it happen which is not okay in my personal opinion. But then again, I can't speak if that's actually what was happening. That is what I heard. But if that is in fact what's happening, it's disheartening to hear and disheartening to see, especially a page that has such a big following and can really help set a good discussion and set a good example of what it means to be an ally to the trans and queer community. If that is what was actually happening, then I'm like, okay this is a problem and this is something that needs to be addressed
0: absolutely yeah and i like accounts especially when they have that large of a following i think there needs to be some type of accountability that they have internally and um i should i should preface as well i work with a marketing and com so this is kind of my (laughs) my wheelhouse (laughs) um but uh yeah like it's 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 tricky because I I've heard whispers of the wind that Halifax noise is only a few people, um, but exactly to your point, X. If they were deleting some comments, why were they picking others over other ones and only deleting ones that were in response to hateful comments and not the actual hateful comments themselves? It's a it's a very tricky tricky uh, situation, and I think I think another big thing to to say as well is that. Every individual person has their own opinion and their own ability to deal with hate and deal with bigotry and deal with these discussions. And it, I'm I'm incredibly happy that you were able to kind of laugh about it and be like, "This, you know, this isn't something that's going to get in my skin," um, which shows your own growth and your own ability. But you know, some other people might not. And although those comments might not have been directed towards them. Um, I know comments like that. um, And if I recall, um, you were telling uh, Sin earlier that um, you had some members within your own community that saw it and they were really hurt by it. So I think, although the comments might not have been directed at them, I think they have words that can impact the entire trans and queer community as a whole. And I think that is kind of the root issue with this sort of thing, like just because it you're like, it's fine to be about me. But some people it might hurt them more. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have a question for you and actually, okay. <laughs> because I think like you've gotten right to the root of it and as a digital media professional as well, and then X having experienced this, um, I mean, it is far reaching. And my thinking is, okay, so Halifax Noise um, decided to repost that piece. They decided to say, hey, this is worthy, we're going to repost that. And so if the two people behind Halifax Noise or how many people there are sitting there had the time to like repost it, if it wasn't a bot, I don't know, and then also to remove some of the comments, could they not then have maybe taken the time to comment themselves and tag you X and say Halifax noise has a zero policy of tolerance towards transphobia. This is our values and this is what we stand for. Like, it seems to me like it was a huge failure, a huge loss of opportunity there to at least, you know, say like, if you're, especially in social media, you have to take a stand. You have to have a position on, um, Yes, there's freedom of speech, but where do you stand on transphobia? Where do you stand on on fueling, allowing that to kind of explode? I didn't ask a question, but I'm wondering, like, what your thoughts are, and, and and Isaac, like, in that kind of world, do you think that they could have actually just taken the time to send a quick, like, you know, at X, we're so grateful you're doing the work that you're doing, and, um, you know, it, we think, it, you know, something positive, even.
0: Um, yeah, I'll chime in super quickly, and then I'm gonna throw it back to X to get uh, to get their perspective on it, um, because, you know, I, I I'm I'm only one person, I can only give one perspective. Um, Personally, like I definitely think they should have made some type of stand. I think it would have been beneficial for them, especially if they're using their, their platform as a space that to uplift other voices. If they're sharing content, if you're sharing content, you also need to be responsible for the content that you're sharing, even if it is reposting. And in turn, it's almost as if, you know, there's thousands and thousands of YouTube channels out there that just are purposely created for calling out dangerous behavior or predatory behavior, or just calling stuff out in general. But you need to take accountability for that. And, you know, a lot of folks at the beginning, whenever they do those types of posts, they're like, no hate towards this person. Don't go after this person, yada, yada, yada. But this, this wasn't that. And that's the most important thing is that I truly believe that they shared this in good faith with good intentions, but those good intentions go away if they don't follow through and properly monitor the consequences of those good intentions. Um, but I, I'll pass it over to you, X.
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. It's like something that also comes to mind is things like rainbow capitalism. It's where when companies are very supportive of LGBTQIA people and issues during Pride Month, and then immediately as soon as Pride Month is done, they uh, wipe their hands of it and say they're done. For Halifax Noise to share it, it's they're saying that they support this event to support me as I am doing it, but for them to then not do anything after the fact, for the lack of follow-through, that's kind of really telling because you can't just start this conversation or present this piece of media without actually standing behind it and supporting it. It's kind of like putting someone out to the wilderness and then see if they survive. And companies and organizations that do that they need to be doing kind of the back work to help support and help create an environment where discussions can be had. Especially being
0: in this space, especially um, for, for Sin and I, we, we recognize that it it can be incredibly difficult. You know, you experience this one thing and although you're saying that it's fine, you kind of laughed it off. We understand that there might be other <laughs> layers to that um, as there usually tends to be. We always try and keep a, keep a uh safe uh face or straight face sorry if i can speak english properly my goodness <laughs> i'm i haven't even gotten my i've got my <laughs> last week but i'm not jumbled around it's Jeez. the rain we'll blame it on the rain i blame the rain and it's also a friday and it's getting uh, close to four o'clock and four yeah. o'clock's when i when i jump out um but uh but yeah so so there's difficulty sometimes reliving that and having this this conversation so so first and foremost I appreciate you sharing your uh, your experience and allowing us to talk about this here um, and this is something that you do uh, consistently as well uh, you share your story in hopes of inspiring confidence in in freedom and other non-binary people and queer people as a whole um, how do you personally feel that uh, sharing your story today uh, on the podcast uh, will help others
2: I think it's just important to showcase visibility and especially with how this kind of blew up in the way that it did. Um, I'm happy that it's kind of creating the discussion again and creating the discussion about um, gender diverse people, not only within the drag community, but extending that to a wider audience. That was one important thing that I enjoyed: that people who had no idea about my work now got to see my work and now got to experience it. Um, So that was like one positive that came out of the event is that more people could um, hear my voice and what I had to say and um, hear my message that I'm trying to share with not only with the community and the queer community but to anybody who is willing to um, watch my work, listen to what I have to say and anybody who's willing to kind of create space for queer people.
1: Can I just say personally, too, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and for yourself and and people like Connor McKagan, who also works with us and is a drag performer. And, you know, just going back to like my own personal journey as as a parent advocating originally for quite a young trans child. um, uh, When they first came to me, I like I didn't know a lot about gender identity. And my first port of call was oh, it's like a drag queen. Um, You're telling me that you're a boy. And so maybe you want to dress this way. Maybe it's like a performance or like expression. And I didn't understand it. And so just even the whole deeper dive and learning about gender identity, gender expression, and then within the drag world, um, there are trans and non-binary people, but then there are also um, gay and lesbian people who it's not about gender identity, it's about uh, performance. And there's just so many different layers um, that I think it's so great you're breaking down that fear. And there's obviously still fearful people out there that are they react with aggression because they're scared. But I think for those that are open to learn and join the conversation, I'm so grateful that you're out there doing it. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, thanks. Yeah. So for me, it's always been about just being as visible as I can. Um, and to just show people that like you can be who you want to be and you can become the person that you want to become. Cause for me, I, I, the amount of confidence that I've gained in drag and the amount that I've learned about myself through doing drag. Looking back at who I was as a a kid, I never thought I would ever see myself as the person that I am today. So I've really been able to see the growth through drag and the growth of really becoming the queer person I am today. And it's very important for me to share that message with people especially with queer youth and with anybody is to be like you can be who you want to be you can become the person that you didn't think that you could become and you can create the voice that you want to create um and for me with drag to have the platform that i have i always want to make sure that i speak up for myself and just try to be as visible as possible in the hopes that maybe one day someone will see my work and say, oh, I didn't realize that I could be non-binary or I didn't realize that I could be vocal about my gender identity or about my sexuality. And for me, going out and being visible is is about telling other people that they can do the same and wanting to like influence people to be as confident as this crazy drag performer could be. That's
0: always the goal, eh yeah <laughs> gosh i wish I wish I had that confidence some days, mm-hmm. to, yeah, get on stage not not my thing, but uh <laughs> all the power to folks who 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 are comfortable and confident doing that because it's really uh there is an analogy one time I heard that um oh, drag performers um in queer spaces are kind of like the front lines of the queer army. If you should, if, if I can say that, um, Cheers. your folks handle a lot, like deal with a lot and are very, are typically the most visible people, um, for cis straight individuals and especially for people who aren't as accepting as queer, uh, to the queer community. So I, I think, I think that's also something to, to really keep in mind and, and, and celebrate that, you know, you're, you're doing what you do because you love what you do and you love yourself and in turn you're encouraging other people to also love themselves
1: you know there has to be recognition for anyone that's standing up and talking about indigenous rights and um, trans communities and non-binary communities and um, trans youth that the people doing it are really brave and but they are and they're still humans though and they're putting themselves there to try and do something knowing that they could be attacked or that they could be, you know, and the attacks are so personal and sometimes they can really like stay with you for a long time. And so I feel like there really has to be an acknowledgement by places around that that are specializing in communications and that to be able to kind of recognize and have your back, but also be able to be that intentional ally. And what does that mean? Like you're saying, it's not just posting and saying we support you. It's when stuff starts to get on fire and, and harmful and hurtful and perpetuate hate, what is our stance? What do we do? What's our policy?
0: Mm-hmm. And exactly. if I can, if I can jump in super quickly, I think there's a lot of times, especially when it comes to marginalized communities that certain content almost not necessarily needs to stay within that community, but stay within safe spaces, because not only does something like this make it incredibly dangerous for you because there could have been an individual who saw that and then now has the name contact information and everything that they might need to send you know death threats things like that to you um and there's a there's a realm of accountability that uh, organizations and accounts seem to take when they promote people and especially i'm i'm very on the fence about accounts that promote without explicit consent especially if they have large followings because your your point exactly. You're throwing people into the woods and expecting them to survive. And maybe they don't have the capability. Maybe they don't have the mental health. Maybe they don't just have the ability to begin with to facilitate comment section or deal with something like that. So I think I think that was also a um, a unfortunate <laughs> to say at the very least um, thing for them to do. And I I understand it was it was most definitely in, with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's a lot of, a lot of dangerous things that could come out from that, especially not, um, properly reviewing comments or maintaining that space.
1: Did you feel a layer of protection doing the promotional piece in your drag persona, as opposed to like, would you have considered doing it yourself or does that help in some ways, um, being,
2: um, yes and no, um, when you're in drag, you can, you're I, personally, for me at least, whenever I'm in drag, I feel like I can say and do a lot of things that I don't feel comfortable doing when I'm out of drag. For me, I've found and discovered a lot about myself through drag. I even discovered that I was non binary by doing drag. So, drag has really kind of allowed me to use my voice in a way that I never thought I would be able to outside. Nowadays, I felt like I could definitely have that conversation when I'm out of drag, but I think because I was in drag, not only was I like, yes, like I'm going, like pronouns are mandatory. And I really wanted to make that point because it's also something that I stand for with the work that I do in drag. So I definitely wanted to make a point to do it in drag. And then also to question what people understand about drag performers and how people view drag because even the conversation of gender with drag is something that's happening right now and something that I find very important. So I also wanted to bring that home as well.
1: Really, I am really curious to hear where um, your drag name came from.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, So when I started doing drag, I originally was going by Alex, which is my now chosen name that I use outside of drag. When I started to do drag, for me, I was approaching drag as a way of being a creative person who was in kind of like in charge of everything. Because with drag, you are really in charge of every little detail. So for me, when I started drag, I wanted an art form where I could express who I was, my viewpoint, and just kind of really create something that's my own. So I went by Alex to start. And then as time went on shortly after I was like, oh, I wanna just take it down to just the letter. Cause I wanted to do something that was like simple, succinct, but that also left an air of um, mystery about it. Cause typical with drag names, you, as when you hear a name, you can kind of assume what you're about to see. Like if it's a pun name, then you might be like, oh, I'm probably gonna see maybe something more funny, more something more comedic. But with my name, I wanted something that allowed a sense of freedom for myself, but also that the audience would be like, I don't know what I'm about to see. So that's kind of like where it came from. And then it got newer meaning when I came out as non-binary because X is also short for MX. So it was kind of like fate that that happened. Um, (laughs) But it's something that I now very I'm very happy about because I'm like mx x it kind of all has a through line that wasn't intentional but I'll take it
1: I love that it's very cool I'll have to say I think originally I saw x and then I saw when they were shortened for like drag queen I saw queen and I at one point I'm like well, I wonder if it has to do with Steve McQueen and the car racing, or, you know, I have to ask the question. So definitely, I like that an era of mystery. So it's good. I was way off, way off track, race <laughs> <off> track.
2: <laughs> oh, you're talking about, oh, yeah. So my email is X McQueen because I'll, the, oh. one, the one annoying thing about being a drag performer with any form of social media is that you have to have a first and last name. So whenever, I had to create like either a Facebook or an email. I had to have a last name. And I was just like, I don't know. And my favorite designer is Alexander McQueen. Mm. so I was just like, sure, like I'll just slap that on there just to fill in that space so that I can be a holding account.
1: (laughs) That's perfect, okay. I was gonna say, it's a
2: whole other level of mystery. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, uh, and I, I, we can't wrap up this episode before I, uh,
2: I ask. But uh, how did, how did the uh, workshop go? Um, really well. I think I was actually not involved in the actual production of the workshop, okay. so I wasn't, um, in the space. Unfortunately, um, but I hope it went well. Fingers are crossed. The DSU is a wonderful um, group. I've worked with them many times, so I'm sure that it went off without a hitch
0: that's good to hear sometimes not hearing anything is a good thing so yes yeah. <laughs> right
1: that's a good way to sum it up
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah if nothing thing. if nothing arose afterwards we 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 let her, we let her lie yes <laughs> well awesome we appreciate you uh taking the time to join us today and to to dive deep into all this uh difficult conversations but uh, it's it's definitely an important one to tackle so
2: appreciate it, your...
1: fun. it actually it was really fun chatting with you oh, was, yeah love having you on the show maybe you'll come back sometime again
2: yes i'd love to thank you so much for having me it's been such a fun time
0: you can find x's work on instagram and twitter under call them x and on facebook under call me x in addition if you're looking to expand upon your understanding of pronouns join us in our upcoming free pronoun workshop you can learn more about it and our various other offerings on our website.
1: That's all the time we have today, folks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hey, Sis. The conversation doesn't have to stop here, though. If you would like to get in touch
0: with us to ask us a question or share your story on a future episode, you can email us at connect at simplygoodform.com or visit us on our website at www.asis.com.